listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. All right, the Dallas Cowboys fall 23-17. The Niners cover all numbers as road underdogs and send the Cowboys packing. Down goes Dallas, as McKenzie says. (laughs) Nine minutes of work there. (laughs) Yale brain, nine minutes. Okay, I'll accept it. I'm going to let you start and represent the masses. Because you got to take, it's pretty massy. <laughs> Mike McCarthy's a dope. He's a bad coach. <laughs> At least you're saying it clean, you know? <laughs> and right now, you know, a lot of people are nodding, going like, yep, yep. Yep. Uh, Mike McCarthy, who last year, undisciplined team in Dallas. This year, they got even less discipline. Led the team, led the league well, in penalty well, yards this year. Okay. So how did, how was Dallas's penalty yards? Let's look this up. How was Dallas's penalty yards, let's say, in the prior three seasons before that? Because my guess is this isn't about the coach, but go ahead. Uh, they were bottom 10 in penalty differential last season. So I don't know about beyond before Mike McCarthy, but you may be right. Before They may have been undisciplined before him. Because Let's be honest. The Jerry Jones culture is not about being buttoned up. It's about Mike Orvin. It's about when and it doesn't matter. It's kind of like the old school Raiders, but go ahead. But the question to me is what is Mike McCarthy, what, what is he doing well? What, uh, what, is, what is his strength? He doesn't have his hands on the offense. We know that. He doesn't have his hands on the defense. Now, but do it, you prefer a head coach that does? Because a lot of people feel, unless it's one of the true geniuses, that what Tomlin does, who doesn't have his hands in offense or defense directly, he's not playing, calling plays, is you're supposed to set culture and you're supposed to be, as Lombardi talks about, a problem solver. Well, oh, look, there's problems on the special teams. Let me step into here and help. Because as a head coach, you're supposed to know it all. The new age head coaches are usually offensive gurus right. that really don't do a lot of other things. How many championships have they won, those guys? Zero. And I tend to agree. I prefer the way, like Mike Tomlin is, sort of a CEO. But also, if you're gonna, if that's your job, you should have a pretty disciplined team. It seems like to me, which they don't. And you have to, whatever the answer is, at the end of the day, you have to be willing to take the blame for the results. Okay, and the results were a twelve, or what were they? Twelve and five, right? Yep. So a twelve-win season, a division title, and. In a game that, uh, you know, Moneyball, right? Let's think about Moneyball now. And I'm having a mental block. What's the San Fran guy? Billy Bean. Billy Bean. Billy Bean, you know, formerly a San Fran, said, listen, making the playoffs is skill. Because in that case, there's 162 games. Winning or losing in a seven-game series has a ton of luck. Well, to whatever degree seven-game series have a ton of luck in baseball, one and done in football and NFL has huge luck to it. So could this just be a couple of plays, and if it went the other way, we'd have a whole different tune. That, you know, we didn't know that McCarthy was bringing the culture in, but it's about winning. It's about letting these players have their space to do their thing. I mean, we could be spinning this with one win another way, right? So is it really, a play, quite frankly, a play at the end of the game that I think was very emblematic of your complaints— that, Run, that, running a draw with 14 seconds left with no timeouts. Mm-hmm. Not a, if that play went through Mike McCarthy's headset and Which he said, supposedly he said it did, and he said, "Yep, let's do that." I just don't understand where that makes sense. Well, doesn't Kellen Moore get the? He plan? should too. Absolutely, he's he supposedly a hot coaching prospect. People want him and Dan Quinn. People want to hire. And that's the point that we need to get straight right now. The modern NFL. And think about this for a second. Who are the coaches that's been hired recently? It's usually offensive guys that are young and thus they have, it feels modern what they do. And they have no head coaching experience at any level, even high school. 
And you know what? That can work if you have a mentor. Let's give, you know, to me, the whole Rams and the boy genius stuff, I don't like. But let's give McVay credit or whoever was deciding this. They brought in Wade Phillips to say, hey, you've got that side of the ball. You're a senior guy. You're a former head coach. You pretty much were going to have two different coaches in a way. And then what happened? After three or four years, he was mature enough. He was ready to say, I'm going to take over the defense in a way by having my guy go. They pushed Wade Phillips out. So I like that. You know, if somehow Moore is a genius or a brilliant guy, and I don't see that quite frankly. I don't either. But if he is... Then make sure that you keep Quinn in there. Make him kind of like a second head coach. That's interesting, right? But in general, what's happening, and now Cincinnati, there's a whole kind of reevaluation of the coach. That, hey, listen, that guy's not very good. I agree. And 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 now he looks good, right? Because they won a game. So I just wonder how much of this, like if we go back from this game, what is it about McCarthy that you don't like? Is it the game management? Because in general, I think you're going to agree more with his punting and field goals than you are the mo- the quote-unquote modern way. Like who, who would you rather game manage? I thought that he, the only call that was questionable for him on, on fourth downs was they were down. They were at their 33, down 23-7 in the third quarter, and and they gave the ball away fourth and two. I thought that was probably a bad choice. Other than that, you're right. For the most part, I, I agree with where he went for it and where he. Where I mean, he was I'm safe. saying over the course of the season, in spots where a lot of the times people on Twitter are going to be saying no, 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 you're going to say maybe yes, yes, yes. I mean, meaning, do you agree with um, Staley's? Game management generally in a season, the coach of the Chargers, or do you agree more with McCarthy? I think there's got to be somewhere in the middle. There has to be because most, I think they're both extreme. But most, you're right. They are. Well, I don't know if McCarthy. McCarthy's pretty close to Belichick. And and do we believe now because the Pats lost a playoff game and lost decisively that Belichick's been passed by? No, I don't. Because I tell you this: if you look at a time in the middle of this. Patriots run when Brady was there, they had like 10 seasons they didn't win a Super Bowl. I mean, I know it's hard to comprehend, but they won three, and then they had, I think, nine or 10 years, and they didn't, and then they won three in like five years. So we could sit there after almost a decade and say, well, Belichick, it's passed him by. Now, if Belichick didn't have, if he had Mike McCarthy's resume, won Super Bowl. Huh. Okay, well, how many people, active I, coaches, have won? I get it. It's a, it's a short how list. Did, how many does uh, Rodgers have without him? Zero. And how many Super Bowl appearances? Zero. Okay, so is it the regular season or the Super Bowls we're counting? Because McCarthy's been great in the regular season, good in the Super Bowls with one. I'm not sure if it's not his dopey-looking face. He's got a dopey expression. I think Jim Caldwell is the same thing. If Jim Caldwell was like Mike Tomlin in every way, on the, but, but the decisions were identical to Caldwell, who's better? <laughs> I mean, you're right. The the optics do play into your role. It plays a role in what your perception of, a, of like someone he's is. He's looking in the middle distance. He's not looking at anything specific. He needs to get. You know what he needs to get, McCarthy. An, an image manager, a makeover. Yes, and you know what? I'll do it for him for free. Oh boy, take I, him to your two hundred dollar haircut guy. Get a, get a laminated. <laughs> get a laminated play sheet, and have a pencil, pencil in your ear. 
<laughs> I think I think at that point it works. <laughs> I don't know if his image is necessarily great either, though. Who? Matt, oh, Matt Patricia. No, that, that's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> All right, we are straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, RJ, let's take a look at the Dallas Cowboys and you teased it, Jerry Jones, where he's an idiot and where he's a genius. Okay. Who is the player personnel guy for the Cowboys? It's the Joneses. Steven, Jerry, yes. Yeah, it's it's a family decision. And my question is, who's got the most talent in the NFL? Who got a franchise quarterback with a fourth-round pick? Now, we can question how franchisee he is, but who? The Joneses. They did. Who has the NFL Rookie of the Year on defense? Cowboys. That most, I mean, maybe the. Uh, I mean, let's be candid. That the quarterback. What's he? What year's he in? Second year. Okay, so Diggs. you could make the case. Now, listen. A lot of people are going to question Diggs, saying, "Oh, big plays, interceptions. Those are fluky. Next year, he won't be near as good." Okay, but as of right now, the most productive defensive rookie, Dallas. This, this, the most productive second year player, Dallas on defense. A franchise quarterback that's young. A elite, not only do they have Zeke, who looks to be on the Downhill. Now, he's not great as a, a contract negotiator either, apparently. <laughs> but I tell you this, when you have Pollard, who's what? A top 10 running back? He's working his way into there, I certainly. think it, most people think he is already. I mean— And C.D. Lamb, who has a lot of upside still? I mean, listen, the talent evaluation of the Cowboys has been outstanding. Outstanding. Can anyone debate that? Does any, anyone dare debate that? No, I didn't think— Silence. So. Okay, now— this is the guy in the owner's chair, Jerry Jones, that fired Jimmy Johnson. The greatest turnaround in the history of football comes in. Tom Landry, they, they, were, they were running on fumes, let me tell you something. Ran, oh, what was his name? Not Randy White. Uh, who was that quarterback? I hated him. He was a punter first for the Cowboys, and then he was a quarterback, and it was the guy that was after Starback. Drew... Danny White. Danny White. You don't remember Danny White? I don't remember Danny. I mean, I know I've heard of Danny White, but Danny I... White? Oh, it was not good. It was not good. And obviously they were horrible at the end. Landry ran his course. Jimmy Johnson comes in, Jerry Jones as the owner. They fire Land or he fires Landry. And they go on to have two Super Bowls in, in dominating fashion. And even the fumes of that gave a third after he left. Why? Because all he knew was success. He figured it's me. Then it was a long time that he kind of got the hint. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. And then one of the greatest coaches of all time, Bill Parcells, comes in. And you know what? He gets pushed out. Now, what, what is the unifying, what is the common denominator of these push-outs? And Garrett gets... Ten years. Ten years. <laughs> what, what is the... Uh, common thread, AJ, in your mind. The common thread is that guys like Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy are going to t- they're going to toe the company line and do what Jerry says. Mm-hmm. They're going to nod, yes, man, yes, sir. And Bill Parcells, Jimmy Johnson, quite the opposite. They they have their own ideas about how things should run. This, to me, quite frankly, is a lot like LeBron James. LeBron gets to decide his coach, and he doesn't like guys that push him or challenge him. Now. As he's moving towards 40, maybe that makes a little more sense. Bill Russell was a player coach at some point at the end, a point at the end. But the fact of the matter is, 
that to be challenged, to be great, it takes someone challenging you, even if you're great already, to be greater. And Phil Jackson, I mean, listen, I know The Last Dance has become mythology now, but think about it. He wanted to take the shots. He was the best player. He was years past Jordan was being called Jesus on the court is what Larry Bird said. He goes, who was that, Michael Jordan or Jesus? And this was, I mean, this was in his second year. And then he gets challenged by Jackson, and then he wins six titles. When was LeBron ever with a coach that had an opinion different than LeBron and made it public? David Blatt, right? The guy, the guy that was in the Israeli league was the last guy, right? <laughs> I, think so. I think he lasted, what, two weeks? Yeah. Did, okay. Didn't he and Pat Riley bump heads at one point? Well, then he left. Yeah. Right? Because it was about who was going to be on the plane, supposedly. <laughs> so to me, if you look at Jerry Jones, he doesn't want to be challenged by his coach. And he doesn't necessarily want his players challenged by his coach. He's such a player guy. He wants his players happy. And what you see are a bunch of penalties and a bunch of fluky plays that go wrong. Thoughts? Jerry Jones, his comment after the game yesterday was, when you get this combination of players together, you need to have success. And I think that is basically his way of saying, I did my job right. At some point, somebody else has to do their job too. And he, but I think that's a great analysis. Except he has two jobs and he doesn't know. It. And one of them is who he who he puts in charge of all this great talent that he puts together. And what he what he shows from the top is rest assured. If Belichick was the owner, wasn't coaching. Do you think what kind of coach would he hire? A, a guy that's detail oriented. Sure. And and what would the players think? Oh, if if they go against the coach, who's gonna you know whose side's gonna win? They're going to think, oh, this coach got authority because Biochak's going to, you know, give him authority. To me, it feels like McCarthy is like a substitute teacher that is, in a way, a surrogate for the principal. He's a surrogate for what Jones wants. He's probably coming back and giving Jones. You know how in Philly after Peterson there was a talk of, oh, they had a weekly meeting with the GM and that was out of bounds. Right. You think McCarthy has any problem if Jerry Jones calls him at two thirty in the morning? No. So and what's funny is that was the knock when they fired Garrett was that he like the the Cowboys had to make a change because they'd gone with the status quo for too long of someone who would just go along with whatever Jerry wanted and people thought for about 10 minutes that Mike McCarthy might be different when I don't know, but I'm just saying they were like, oh, finally did they move take, on from did Jason take a Garrett. Chicken wing from Jerry Jones. I don't know what. It is. <laughs> but certainly he's no different. It's the same guy just in a in a different uh, a different with a different face, a different dopey face. <laughs> Well, Garrett didn't have a dopey face. Garrett had <laughs> Garrett had like an Ivy League face. He did have an Ivy League face. I mean, which is a different kind of dopey. Right, right, McKenzie? He went to Princeton. He did, yep. <laughs> oh, is that is that okay? Oh, I was talking about Ivy League dopey faces. No, so so what what <laughs> what is it? It's Harvard, Yale, Princeton, or the A and no one else's A? Yes. Exactly. The fact that he didn't have to think about it. How many? They were up rolling joints probably in the dorm talking about it. Oh, my gosh. We are straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Mike check. Mike check. If you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, what's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. Let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. 
I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. So make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. Now, everyone's down on that call with 14 seconds. I am too. So let's agree on that. The thing that Belichick understands in the Seattle game in the Super Bowl is an example. Is you got to plan for the unexpected. You got to plan for imperfection. No one's perfect, right? And the coaches that struggle who are brilliant are the ones that want to micromanage the players. Like I think, to be I think McVay has some of that. To be honest, he's so smart. He wants the players to be a robot. And that's why he was fan with Jared Goff when he was in his ear. And then they made it where it couldn't be past 15 seconds or whatever. They made a rule change. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Garrett, it was a drop. Let's just say yeah. this. They want robots. Why? Because they're better. If they had the body, they could do it better. Right? Because I think that's true if you think about it. All right. But here's another point. If you don't – like all the blaming after the game – I mean, it was really unprofessional. I mean, it's like they were losing the entire game. The if, fact that it was even a game at the last drive is a testament to how what a comeback they made because they were getting blown out of the water. You can make the case of mistake from the 49ers. I that, there was that the case. interception. There was the uh, motion penalty on the fourth in, in inches or whatever. And maybe some clock mismanagement from Kyle Shanahan. And we can talk about that, but to me, the Dallas got dominated. Right? They got outcoached, they got dominated, and then it became about the end, and then that's all they're talking about. It's a red herring, as they say. It's, and, and the way they're bl- everyone's pointing blame at other people. In a game where they had 18 penalties. I think it was 14 penalties, right? Uh, maybe you're right. I, I, what I read was 18 penalties. Can you check on that, Mackenzie? Um, 14 penalties. Okay. To me, to me, <laughs> see, Adobe Face made you add four penalties. I know. To well, I'm sportingnews.com and he had so four think, penalties. So think about like so think about like this is the idea that if everything goes perfectly, and I thought Colin said it really well today. If everything goes perfectly, that play works. And it's still not necessarily a good play. But if something has to go perfectly and the downside is the game's over. Boy, do you want to roll those dice? Yeah, there's no reason to. Not to mention that they that even if it went perfectly, they would have going to have one throw to the end zone. If they would have went to the sidelines, they would have had two throws, then an end zone throw. So, do you really think one um, quarterback sneak is better than two throws to the sidelines when the throws to the sidelines have very little chance of ending the game unless it's an interception? Whereas the quarterback sneak had about a 30% chance. I mean, if they ran that play 10 times, same scenario, I don't think they execute on it more than half the time. I don't think so. I don't think they get the ball spiked, but maybe two or three times out of 10. Yeah, so somewhere between that. Here's what I think is going on. All right. And this is the most insidious thing, the worst thing for the Cowboys. You haven't heard this, AJ. Anywhere. I don't think so. Good. McCarthy is very self-conscious about the assessment of him as a forward thinker. When he had his gap year, what did he do? Supposedly, he was bunkered down with an analytics team. You know, come on. But the fact is, that's probably why he got hired. The guy understands how to play the media. 
So what has he been getting criticism for? Being too old school, right? So what do you do? Well, maybe you try a fake down, fake fourth down play on a punt, but that's not enough. Then you've got some weird kind of, you're going to run up to the line with the punt team, right? And try to, and the theory is they were trying to induce a timeout because the other, because the theory was that the other team wouldn't, in this case, obviously San Fran, would automatically call a timeout because they're seeing something. They have no idea. How do we play defense? We're a punt team. It's actually kind of a smart move if you think about it, right? I mean, you're going to kill a timeout from them. Now, I'm not saying it was good or bad, but why do you do something like that? Because you're trying to show that you've got creativity too. And I wonder, did they do the unconventional thing at the end of the game? Because if it would have worked, you could have said, you know something, guy did something wild. They, they were thinking outside the box there, weren't they? I think he's trying to show off in a, in a non-sound way to make it seem like he's not behind the times. I, I think you might be right, but the problem is when it doesn't work out and oh. you, you've got a history of being a dopey coach, it just makes you look more like a dopey coach. I think that's a good point, actually. But I also think that in, if you listen to the press conference, he said, well, the analytics backed it up. Now, what, what the hell does that even mean? How do analytics back that play up? Is The question is, what I mean, the football consensus is it takes 18 seconds to run that play. They had 14, 18, 14. I don't know. And thus, if anything, fundamental football disagreed with that play, right? I think Chris Sims was the one that put out that number 18, but saying under all the coaches that was the number. And he was under, you know, Belichick, whatever. So now the question becomes, then what analytics is he talking about? An average run play gain versus a pass? I don't even understand. I think you've point, you've pointed out that there's a lot of dummies out there, what you call uh, half-smart math guys, mm-hmm. who will just say that it for and try to cover it up with every decision they make. They say, well, the analytics agree with it, whether it's true or not. But then when you hear that, you say, well, can I argue with it? Because analytics inherently mean First math. All, yeah, well, analytics inherently means numbers. Right. Doesn't even mean, mean math. So the numbers back it up. What numbers? And he could say, well, it's my numbers. My, our analytics agree with that, which you know, is even a, a slippery slope. You know what? And it's a slope that goes in both directions because I want to wonder where some of these numbers come from the, the quote-unquote math guys. All right, but th- let's watch on this. How much of this is about McCarthy wanting to seem like he's not a dinosaur. And once you start being insecure, you start acting in an unsound way. And I think that's what we saw. I think that plus the culture that Jerry Jones is going to want a yes man and he wants a player-friendly culture. I'm not sure if Dallas makes the Super Bowl or wins the Super Bowl, even with Jerry Jones and the amazing talent that he's procured through the draft. Not free agency, mostly through the draft and smart trades. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 